Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author and colleague, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a broadcast that we do every Thursday when we're not on vacation from 6 to about 6.30. That is an extension of a book that we wrote called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And it's an opportunity to share thoughts and recommendations and experiences that we think will be helpful to people who have either recently lost a pet or they are dealing with a situation where their pet's declining and maybe their pet is not going to be with them for much longer. The program can be helpful for people who are in any way dealing with the loss of a pet or anything related to that. And we welcome your comments and questions both during the program and afterwards and suggestions for, for future discussions. You can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com and you can reach Nancy at nsaxtonlopez, that's her last name, without any of the hyphen, without the hyphen, at csmpc.com. And we like to let you know that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society in Springfield, Massachusetts. Dakin is a 501c3 community-supported animal welfare organization that provides shelter and medical care and spay-neuter services and behavioral health rehab for more than 20,000 animals and people each year. Dakin is very focused on the animal companion human being bond. Since its inception in 1969, Dakin has become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in central Massachusetts and a national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about Dakin and make a donation at dakinhumane.org. That's D A K I N Humane, H U M A N E.org. Nancy, do you want to get us started? Sure. Um, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about the questions that come up a lot around illness or um, potential end of life issues, um, what I should have done, what I could have done, why didn't I do, um, that kind of leads to an overarching guilt. Um, and so we're going to talk about that a little. I, but first I want to say Ken, I'm sorry for your loss of Abigail. Um, I know she died quite a few weeks ago, I think now. And it was Isabel's pal who died in June, I believe. Yeah, Isabel died June 19th. And Abigail died August 23rd. Here's Abigail. She was a beautiful little dog. And she died very suddenly, actually. She had had some bouts on and off with what was thought to be bronchitis. In fact, she was pretty sick the day after Isabel died and was treated for it. And then she was great for a number of weeks. And then she went into crisis just hours, hours before she died. She'd, we were treating her for a couple of days following our vet's advice and then she she just went into crisis. And so, yeah, we lost her on the 23rd. So thanks. 
Yeah, I mean, Isabel called her probably. She was like, I'm, I'm, I'm lonely up here, right? <laughs> we actually thought that Abigail felt like, you know, my whole pack is gone. She was the last of four. And oh, maybe, right. maybe right. that was part of what, you know, it says, who knows, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> well, and the interesting thing is that I've been working with actually three people recently. Um, it happens always in threes. I was wondering, and then the third one came along. Um, there's a woman I've been working with for a long time, a single woman, and she's an older woman. And um, she had learned about how wonderful a companion dog is about 15, uh, probably about 12 years ago, she rescued um, yeah. this dog. And unfortunately, um, the, the dog is not doing well right now. And she is has a lot of questions and there's a lot of anxiety, right? So what do I do? I mean, right. what am I supposed to do? I mean, how do I take her to a vet? Do I not take her to a vet? What's the vet going to do? I mean, how much time does she, does she have? And she's starting to try to prepare herself. The dog is old. I mean, she's 15 and and mm. she's, you know, kind of stares off into space and she's mm -hmm. a lot, has a hard time getting up. There's a little bit of vomit. There's a little bit of diarrhea, you know, these things. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, the quality of life. So that's one person that I've been in touch with, obviously, almost daily. Um, the second one is a very close friend of mine who called me the other night and said her dog was doing the same thing. It was basically the same thing. And she goes, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to work with this. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I don't yeah. know what, what I know what I'm supposed to do. Right. Yeah. Um, so she's going through the same thing. And I have a couple that I used to work with and they called and said their dog who was 16 is actually doing the same thing. So it was this whole week and a half of really trying to work with these three people or these two families and a person to how, you know, help them manage their anxiety and right alleviate some of the these questions that they don't want to feel guilty about when something may happen right right so you know i think that that's you know it starts the process of all of those questions and because it, it starts even before death sure and and there there is this on there are these ongoing questions about what should i do yeah and am i doing enough Am I doing too much? And one of the things that strikes me immediately about what you're describing is that these people aren't going it alone. You said one of the people is single, at least one of the people yes, is single. Yes, one person is, they're, is going But they're it. talking with you. Yes. And I presume that they're talking with their veterinarian as well. Yeah. And they're following the guidance mm -hmm. that both of you are providing to them. And I, I think that that's so key in this kind of a situation because we're up against realities that are to some extent unknowable. We really don't know what's going on physiologically and also wildly out of our control. There's absolutely, we have no control, no, no control over what's happening in this big picture of 
the animal's health and and what and their what's yeah. going on in their body what's right what's there? happening in their body yeah, that's and one of the things that i think we also have to confront is the limits of what even these highly trained professionals know yeah so you can believe that a, a health condition is under control and you're following the guidance of your veterinarian and it turns out that the situation is actually different from what their all of their testing and all of their right. knowledge and experience tells us about what's happening and that is nobody's fault no that's just an, a, another example of the limits of our understanding the limits of our control and it feels it feels awful in the moment and it feels awful afterwards. Well, that was something that happened with Abigail, right? Because you were back and yeah. forth with the vet and the vet said, yeah. hey, your heart's good. You know, she's, heart. she has this cough and, you know, and I'm sure that they were kind of shocked in some ways. Yeah, and, 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 and that's the way it is. So one of the things that I always have to remind myself and other people about is that there are limits to what is, what can be known. Exactly. And so, for example, in, in our case, she, Abigail, had some kind of clouding in her lungs, but her behavior the week before, Friday before she died, Monday morning before she died, all, and she died on Monday evening, all of it said, she doesn't look so bad. Exactly. It looks like she maybe has a little bronchitis. You know, there could be something else going on, but behaviorally and in terms of everything we can in, we can get through x-rays and and listening to her heart and lungs we're not seeing a lot that's identifiable as a big problem so we'll give her the antibiotic and we expect that she's going to get better and, and that's, that's what happened with molly when molly came went into the hospital they said all right well hopefully she's going to get through the vertigo and all of a sudden she dies so yeah. You know, and yeah. they were calling and saying they were I, I, I could hear it in their voice that they, we did everything we could. I mean, they were almost shocked and it wasn't their fault. And it's not your best fault. It's, it's what it is. And so we have to come to that reckoning that yep. we don't have a lot of control, um, no matter how over disease, over genetics, over biology. We just don't have it. Yeah. And. and and maybe you can talk some about that article that you shared yes. with me I today. Mean, I think it gives a, really, a good window into why we feel like we should have. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know? So I found this article. It was on Medium, but it was an article that was named Stuff No One Tells You About Dying Pets, Guilt and Relief. Okay, mm -hmm. that's the name of the article. And it's a really interesting name. It's Reden, R-E-I-D-U-N. Saxerud, S-A-X-E-R-U-D. And what she says um, is we choose everything, right, for our dog or cat or our animal, our horse, our guinea pig, right? Lot, toys, food, medical care, when they go out, how they go out, what, what type of litter, litter there is. I mean, we choose everything for them. We structure their whole existence. Their whole life, right? And so... <laughs> And that's why we love them. One of the reasons we love them, right? Because they need us, right? right. They're dependent upon us. 
They're like <laughs> our children, right? right? So we have to take care of them. They our children them. who never completely grow up. That's right. They <laughs> never even. leave our nest, right? They're, they're there. And so the definition of guilt is a cognitive or an emotional experience that occurs when a person believes or realizes accurately or not that they have compromised their own standards of conduct or have violated universal moral standards and bear significant responsibility for that violation. So it stands to reason that whenever a pet parent makes a decision about their animal's health, we feel solely responsible for it because functionally we are, right? We do everything for them. We're the ones that right. take that. We're the ones that give them the, their medications. However, as we just said, you cannot, we cannot control biology or genetics or disease. When our pets get old, we can only do so much for them. And when they start to fail, our anxiety increases because that's why we feel responsible for yeah, what to happen to them, right? We're responsible for everything about them through all these years of their lives. And now we can't, we can't help them. We can't fix yeah, it. We can't, right. we, are, we, are, we are facing something that is outside of our, we're facing mortality, which is way outside our control. Way but outside. We've, we've come to believe that we're responsible for maintaining their lives because we have been responsible for maintaining all aspects of their lives. And, and that's a hard, that's a hard reality to break through our, our because awareness. It's just really hard to do that. You know, we yeah. should be able to save them. Yeah. We should be able to, to save them. them. Yeah. And the problem is that we will feel responsible. So guilty about a death, a tragic death, a anticipatory death, a sudden death, whatever it is because we have had that responsibility for the whole yeah. world. Yeah. So if a, if, a, if a dog is hit by a car, oh my God, the, the door was, was open. Why, I, I didn't shut the door, it's my fault. You know, there were so many things that you can agonize over, even if the animal is sick, even if the animal is, dies suddenly or it's a long-standing illness, because that's when all those questions come in. That's why my these three people that are dear to me that I'm working with, I don't know what to do. Of course you don't know what to do right. because we don't know what's going on. Yeah. And so yeah. you feel like you should know what to do. Yeah, and, and that, but that validation is so crucial that validation of well uh the best experts don't really know what to do <laughs> and right. so we're edging into this place that is uncontrollable we're edging into an experience that is not something that we can be responsible for because we don't have the power right. to be responsible for life and death we that's not within our that's not within our job description and we it's 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 outside of it's outside of our realm isn't that scary though when you start to put yourself in that place it is scary right because very scary you're, you're waiting to you're waiting right it's a waiting game especially with these three cases or people that yeah. you know, have an animal that's sick and older and, and when's it going to happen and 
I, you know, every, I remember when Noelle was sick and she was older and I'd wake up in the middle of the night where, looking at her and saying, Oh my God, she's breathing. And, yep. you know, because <laughs> you, you would get, so you, you, you can't control. She's yeah. going to stop breathing. Right. Yeah. So it was so agonizing. And I know it it's, is for a lot of people. It's, it's interesting what you're saying, because when Isabel died, I, <laughs> so ridiculous. I had a convert, several conversations with Abigail in which oh, yeah. I made, I made her promise that she would stay with us for at least two more years. I know. I, I, I did it. I mean, I, 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 did I was it. holding her. I was saying that to her now. You promise, right? <laughs> and well, every, she couldn't uh, keep her promise. I'm sure she tried. I, <laughs> you know, I understand it because every, you know, Molly died or, you know, we only we have four pugs. Hank died, Rosie died, Molly died. And Jack's our last one. And of course, Molly died this year. It's been a yearly thing. And every morning we go, Jack, not this year. Right. That not We're today. Done this year. We're not done this today. year. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> I actually said that the morning that we lost her, I actually said, not today. It's not right. happening today. And it did happen today. But <laughs> but I have to I have to look back on that and it's so ridiculous that I'm holding this little dog and but, saying, two years, right? That's the deal. You're going to give me two more right. years, right? <laughs> we can count on that, can't we? 18, that's not terribly long from now. <laughs> she I mean, just couldn't do it. And, and that's, it, and of course, when it happened, it was devastating and, and painful and sad, but it was her time. And, you yeah, know, it's one of those things that, you have no control over, right? Yeah, and, we, and think about the like the sort of magical thinking that yes. I'm exhibiting, and that many we exhibit with that, like you know, somehow we're gonna figure this out, and we're gonna we're gonna like we're gonna make it happen, and right. because we have those. been able, because we have been able to make so much happen, right? Yes. We've been able to give them a life where they have been in, they've lived in comfort and all their needs have been attended to. And they've had a great relationship with us and other family members. And they've done all kinds of things that we assume were, were joyful and enriching and brought them contentment. And, and then we reached that we reached the wall. We reached the wall and we're like, so, you know, and that's when all the questions come in. They come in before when mm. animals are very sick and there's that anxiety starts to grow and you're waiting and you're just wondering, how am I going to go through this? How am I going to help my, my, my beloved? How, what do I do with this? How do I go on? What, you know, there's so many questions and it's like you're on a runaway train. Yep. You can't yep. stop. And you can't. You can't, you just, you just go along with it and you, yeah. you do, you make the decisions that you That's think are can. best in the moment. One of the hardest things I think is to reflect on your decisions and, and really say to yourself, I did the best I could at the time yeah. and be gentle in that way. It's so, it's so very hard. It's just, it's not something that we want to do because I, I do think that a big part of this is that it's very scary to recognize 
that in every, not just in this situation, but in all situations, our degree of control is fairly limited. Yeah. And that's part of life that we don't want to stare in the face very much. And so we go through all, I mean, we'd rather in some ways feel guilty than feel out of control. Yes. I think. Yes. You know, it's, and it's interesting because then it goes into, you know, the, euthanasia, right? Because mm -hmm. you do have control to make that decision right. for them, even though they have trusted you forever, right? Yep. Taking care of them. Now, that said, they they have no judgment. They're not, they don't criticize. They they love you, either you unconditionally. And if they're suffering and if they're in pain and if they their quality of life, which we really try to go by, is such that they really don't have any life, then we do have that opportunity. Now that said, 99% of the time, people feel guilty after that. Sure. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't have done that. That maybe I, I waited too long. May, oh my yeah. God, it was too soon. Maybe something else could have been helped her. I mean, there. Then it goes back into all of those questions again. Yeah, and it's that's that's why I think it's so important, if at all possible, for there to be a collaborative mm -hmm. decision making, really col collaborative, so that you know that you made it with others who love and respect your much loved animal companion and that they helped you to make the right choice at the right moment. I have to say it's, 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 and it's sometimes it's moment to moment. And when, when my little Abigail was gasping for breath and her heartbeat was decreed, they would, so we, we said at this point, we said, you know, we're not going to, I can't remember exactly the sequence, but, we'd like for you to end her suffering. We'd like for you to give her the injection. And they tried twice to give her the barbiturates and they couldn't find a vein because you know, she's a tiny little dog. And so they were, they were gonna do a third, the vet was gonna do a third time. And this was a vet who we didn't know who was part of the practice, not her regular vet. And I said to her, just, just stop it, just let her go because I, I couldn't stomach the idea that they were just trying and she was, her breathing was becoming very, very irregular. And so we didn't try any anymore. We just let her go. How and, long after that did she die? Oh, three minutes maybe. But they, they were saying to us, you know, she's, she's not really with us anymore. That, okay. that kind of stuff. But, but it was it was such a weird scene, and it I felt like I had to make a had to make another decision to stop it because what's yeah, the point? What's the point? Right. She's almost gone, you know. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's so hard to go through. Um, anyway, it happens. You know, it's just is really hard. And yeah. then, and then, what did you did you have questions afterwards? You know, like. What what happened? You know, and you know, there's. I often think about should you do an autopsy, mm -hmm. and and ne never have decided to do it. When I was a when I was a uh, like a six year old, I guess we had a rabbit, and the rabbit died, and my parents 
did an had an autopsy done because they wanted to know why, and they found that it that the rabbit had choked on a big piece of lettuce. I believe that was the thing, uh, or that it got more it got caught in in her intestinal tract in a way that it couldn't pass, and uh, I have not done that with any of our animals. My husband and I have not done it because we've been of the opinion that. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't matter. They're gone. Right. You know that you just have to accept that they're gone, and the details at at that level have not been of great interest to us because I, it almost like it 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 feeds those questions in a way that I don't want to. Exactly. No, and that's fine. I mean, and I don't think probably <laughs> most, most people do it on yeah. Animals. I, it's rare that I've I've heard that. I mean, yeah. it happens, but it's rare that I hear that. I mean, I guess if you were a breeder and there were some issues that you yeah. didn't know what it was because yeah. it, it's in your bloodline, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't think too many people do that. However, it, that is that is an option. Um, because how I, are your how are your clients doing with this? They're all with, upset. <laughs> I mean, this I mean, uncertainty. I mean, this rolling yeah. uncertainty right right um i got to touch base with one tonight because her dog went in um the, the, the single woman her dog went in to have an ultrasound there's something in her digestive area um and she was she said to me she's a pretty pragmatic woman she's a scientist by mm -hmm. trade and she said I'm, I'm preparing myself yeah you know i'm yeah. preparing myself um i she hasn't been you know, the same for a year now, you know, she's, she's, she probably has some level of dementia, you know, she yeah. does, she's not really active. She has to carry her down the stairs to go out. And so she's, she was preparing herself. Um, my, my good friend, I talked to her, I said, how was he doing? And she said yesterday, he's doing, he's doing a little better. Now, you know, I know that that's wishful too in some ways because he is, he does bounce back every once in a while. However, that we don't know, you know, he is 60 um, or almost 60. And uh, the couple has texted me just today and said that they have made an arrangement for a euthanasia vet. So I think that they have made a decision. Yeah, I sent them the quality of life scale um, which I think is, is really helpful, um, even though it's still subjective, right? Yeah, um, sure. But it does have, um, you know, hunger, you know, are they eating, are they not? I mean, certainly not eating for a period of time is an indicator, right? And are they drinking water? That's another one. Um, and they hurt. Is there pain? You yeah. know, are they, do they, are they panting a lot? You know, are they wincing a lot? Are they crying out? You know, those kind of things. Um, and hygiene. I mean, a lot of times, you know, are they urinating in the house or, are they, yeah. you know, defecating in the house? Can they not hold themselves, to, you know, to go out? And happiness. So that's a hard one, right? But happiness should be yeah. play, joy, yeah. uh, responsive to people, um, you know, or do they look kind of morose or sad or out of it right yeah yeah i think the and mobility can can they get up can they not yeah you know, how are they walking yeah. i'm and sure that all of the 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 scale that you're talking about just helps people to get more clear exactly gain, I'm, I'm gain clarity right yeah. 
And the last is more good days, days and do they have more good days and bad days? Yeah. Now there is a scale, so it was zero to ten. If it's um, 35 or over, it's good. But if it's under, there really isn't too much of a quality of life, which I think is as painful to hear or to to determine. But that gives a, a baseline, right, of some sort. Yeah, I mean, all all of these consultations and and the scales and all of this helps people to get to a place that feels more certain i think yeah and a very uncertain thing i mean this is hugely right. hugely subjective and and it's any tool that you can use to gain degrees of, of certainty can't hurt it can only help and there are multiple quality of life scales you can go online yep. under pet yep. you know quality of life and we've linked to to one or more of them in in previous conversations but i do think that that's helpful even yep. though it's still painful you know because that's the decision then you make that decision to end a life but if you know that their quality of life is not there yeah you know, it, you know, it's, it's really the grief is, is a layered process. So when your client says, I'm preparing myself, I mean, that's a new level of anticipatory yeah. grief because now she's really given herself over to the reality that the end is near. Yes. The end and, is and when you make the appointment for youth, you know, that's the appointment for euthanasia. You're at another mm -hmm. level of recognition of, the impending nature of the law. So I, I see, I see grief in, as as sort of this rolling process yeah, of awareness, rolling. And, and even like when you get the after you've lost your your animal family member and you go and get, let's say their ashes, if that's what you've decided, decided to do, that's another that's a that's another that's moment that mm -hmm. punctuates the grief. It's another it's another sort of level of okay now they this is this is this is the the very concrete reality of their of their death of their loss and so all of this i think it's just really important to keep in mind that that it's it's very much a process it's a it's process different for everybody it's right. very individualized we don't want to judge other people or feel like my way is the right way or their way is the right way it's just and also that is. We don't we don't always have any control over certain things. We we the limits of our control are far more restricted than we would like to imagine yeah. <laughs> about everything in life, I think. Which is which is also a good argument for doing everything you can to live joyfully and fully all the time. Because right. because we are, you know, we're at the mercy of for of forces that are well outside our ability to manage. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, do the best we can for mm -hmm. ourselves and for our animal companions. That's the best we can do That's all true. the time, every moment. So I guess we should wrap up. We're, we're out of time. It's, it's great conversation as always, Nancy. And thank you for the card and for the butterfly bush. Oh, of course. Thanks very much. That they means a lot be, to me. You know, Isabel and Abigail were always together, so they yeah. have to be bushes. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. I look forward to talking with you next week.
Take care, everyone.